we want to receive the offering today. Say thank you for all those who continue to support the, the vision and mission of, of God for this region. We couldn't do it without you. Um, trip to hell is a major expense for us, but we're believing for 30,000 souls. Come on, it's my birthday, and this is what I'm asking for. <laughs> this is what I'm asking for, okay? I want you to agree with me that we're going to see 30,000 souls come to Jesus. And not just come to Christ, but, but be discipled in Christ. If you're not in a life group, um, it doesn't matter because we're going to put you in one. We have a draft coming up. We literally have a draft coming up on our staff. And all of our pastors, we're, we're going to put your names on a board. And like a football draft, we're going to draft you into teams. Whether you want to be there or not, doesn't matter. So it's up to you to make sure your team wins. Any winners in the house? Yeah, so, so we're going to draft you. Uh, so let's believe for 30,000 souls to be saved and to be discipled. That means to grow in the, in the maturity of Jesus, the strength of Jesus. We, wanna, we want to uh, leave a legacy of faith that is powerful enough to refute the indoctrination of Satan that's in the world right now. The, the indoctrination that's in politics, that's in school systems, in the structures of this world. It is time for the church to stand up and take her place in this hour. It is our hour. I want you to say that. It is my hour. You know, you were custom built for this time. You wouldn't be here if you weren't. Jesus put you together, put everything in you. I want you to, I want you to grab this. Jesus, he put you together. He could have released you into any time he desired. Any time. He, did. he stands outside of time. But he crafted you. Daniel, he crafted you. He made you. And then he said, man, what, what, when were you born? 2007, what was your birthday? November 13th. November 13th, 2007. He puts you together. Man didn't do it. Your mom didn't do it. Your dad didn't do it. God did it. He put you together, and then he released you in the time right then because he knew the battle of the ages and eternity that he equipped you. He put everything in you for what rages in the world today. And I want you to know you are, you are, you are fearfully and wonderfully made for the time that you live in. It's time to stand up, and it's time to go to war against the enemy. There's so much happening. I want you to be at peace, though. I don't want you to worry, all right? Because if you read the Bible, anybody read your Bible? you got to read it every day. You can't, you can't be caught taking naps on the Word. you just you got to read it every day. But I want you to read the book of Matthew. If you begin to grow anxious or worried, I want you to read the book of Matthew. And what you'll see in the book of Matthew is, man, God's got everything under control. As a child of God, you don't have to worry about it. He'll protect you. He'll keep you. And if you find yourself in a, in a pickle, you ever been in a pickle? Yeah, if you find yourself in a pickle, God will come and he'll, he will equip you for your pickle time. He, 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 just, push, he, he just gives you everything you need for the time you're, you're in, all right? So I don't want you to worry about the times we're in. I think it's important for me to say you got to vote no on November. Yeah, November, the November ballot, you got to vote no. You say, don't tell me how to vote. I'm sorry, I'm done playing that game. You know, when politics... Look at me. When politics got involved in morality, that gave the church to pr the permission to get into politics. You got in my lane. I didn't get in yours. So, so here we are. You could, you, could try, you could come at me if you want, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise to do that. The Bible says, touch not my anointing, do my prophets no harm. Don't go putting your hands on me. I'm the last one you want to touch, baby. I'm the last one you want to see coming. Because I'll bring it to you both ways, you know. And then, i got to repent, you know, Marty. You know, we, you know, we got to, Jesus, hey, Holy Spirit, bring him back now. I got a Holy Spirit. She's sitting over there. Yours is sitting behind you. Mine's sitting over on the front row. She's pulling me back. No, no. No violence today. No violence today. Only Holy Spirit violence. So I want you to vote no. And the reason I want you to vote no is because in, you know, they're, they're trying to convolute the language and, and change the, uh, the, the, the Constitution. And it, it's evil. And the, the administration in this hour is evil. I don't care if you don't like it. That's what the way it is. It's very evil, very nefarious what's happening in the world today. And so we need to push back on that. And I just want to encourage you to uh, also 
So vote no um, because it's evil. And they're trying to convince us that we should be permitted to murder the unborn as if it's a civil right. You know, <laughs> it's, you, you don't have a civil right. It, it's, it's offensive to me that you would equate the murdering of the unborn to the ethnicity of people. It's atrocious. It's, re- it's reprehensible. And you should be angered by, by what's happening in, in, in the political realm today. It, it should not be that we stand idly by and allow it to happen. So, so not only should you vote, but you should become a mouthpiece for what is righteous and moral. Yet you should be a mouthpiece for what is righteous and moral. And it do- I don't care if it affects... You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is this book. What matters is this book, and this book is what we should live by no matter what it costs us, no matter how inconvenient it is for us, no matter how it makes us look to the world. I don't, you know what, you could have the world, just give me Jesus. I just want Jesus, and I want to please Jesus. I don't need any more friends. I got a bunch of them here this morning. Thank you for being here. I love you. I bless you. I, I got enough friends. I don't need any more friends in this world. I'm not trying to be popular down here, and, I'm, and Christians, it's time to stop trying to be popular, and it's, it's time to be holy. It's time to be set apart. It's time to be sanctified for the Lord. It's time to have a backbone that is galvanized on the Word of God, that listens to the Holy Spirit, that operates and lives by repentance and conviction. I was taking the offering, like I said, and, and uh, uh, <laughs> um, there was a couple things I just wanted to, you know, say. So, so we got to live for Jesus. All right, we got to be a church that that lives for Jesus. Let's receive the offering today. If you can today, above your tithe and your offering, to, above your tithe, if you could buy some tickets for people to go to Trip to Hell. Uh, like I was saying, a Trip to Hell this year is going to be different than it has in the past. Each scene contains the gospel. Each scene, there is a revelation of Jesus. The final scene, at the final scene in judgment, we don't leave people to make a decision. We invite the King of Glory into the room. And I invite you to come on that night. And each time we get to that judgment scene, I want you to run to the altar and praise Jesus. Because he said, if I be lifted up, I do all the work. You ain't got to do nothing. All you got to do is lift me up. And so we're going to lift up the name of Jesus, the person of Jesus in that, in that judgment scene. And we're just going to watch thousands upon thousands give their heart to Christ. So invite your friends, your family, buy a ticket for them. What's the cost of a soul? $15. $15, you can save a soul. Save as many as you can. Time's running out. I want to give, all, I want to give my condolences to the, the Evans family. I was there yesterday when our beloved elder Tom Evans departed here and went to glory. And let me tell you something. He left, and he left, he left us with a warning. The moment he died, the very second he died, he switched over. All of the fire alarms went off. If you don't think that the eternal realm is real, you should have been there yesterday with us. We watched. We watched a soldier pull his feet up in the bed and cross over into glory with honor and dignity and strength. And as he did it, he pulled the fire alarm. And we all, we all thought it was a funny joke, but I don't think Tom was being, I don't think he was joking. I think what he was saying was, it's time. It's time. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. It's no time to tiptoe around in the world. It's time to live right, love everybody, and pray hard for Jesus is coming soon. Get your house in order. Amen? Amen. So as we receive the offering today. Let's uh, hold it up before the Lord and bless it, those watching online. Thank you for being a part of our service today, all those watching online. As we pray for it, let's just command God's blessing to come upon it. Father, we thank you for every gift, every giver in the house today. We thank you, Lord, that as we sow in the natural, we reap in the eternal. It goes into the ground as a dollar, but it comes out like heaven. So I thank you for heaven in families today. 
I thank you for answered prayers that have been contended for for long years. I thank you, God, that you are faithful even when we are faithless. I thank you, God, for this seed that we sow today shall reap a harvest. When we cross over on that good day, we will see all that we have believed for. I pray and challenge every believer under the sound of my voice today, the conviction of the Lord to believe God for more. Believe God for more. Live by seed and never by need. Bless your name with this, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to celebrate my 50th birthday. I I really appreciate it. Um, Jesus was told once when there was a large gathering, uh, he said, they came to Jesus and they said, hey, uh, your family's outside. They actually said, your, your mother and your brothers are out, didn't he? Right? Somebody check me on that. Isn't that what he said? He said, your mom is out there trying to get in. And this is my, this is my translation of this, but as I read it, as I've read it, Uh, over the last few years, it really resonates with me uh, that Jesus said these words. He said, no, no, my family is in this room. He said, my family are those who hear the word and do the word. It tells me it doesn't matter what you were born into. It matters what you choose, who you choose. And so I want you to know today, I choose you as my family. I choose everyone in this room, everybody who by covenant believes the word and trusts the word to rule their life. I believe you are my family. My family is in this room. And I invite you to to join this family. You say, I'm not really sure. I invite you to join this family. It's not a perfect family. It's not perfect. You know, you're going to get on somebody's nerves every once in a while. But what's, you know what I mean? You're going to say something, or somebody's going to say something, pastor's going to say something. I'll say a lot of things that make people upset. But listen, I want you to know I love you. And, and I want you to know that I'll never, I'll never betray you. I'll never, I'll ne- I'm, I'm loyal to you. You are my family. And just like Jesus said, this, these are my, this is my family right here. And I enjoy, I, I invite you to join this family and stay. Even when it gets rough, even when you don't understand what's going on, even when you're offended in your flesh, even when, you know, you know, don't go the way you wanted, you didn't get what you wanted, just stay. I invite you to stay connected to a family. That's what separates. That, what, that is what distinguishes the kingdom of heaven from the kingdom of this world. People that stay in covenant connection to one another. It's very important. So I love you. Thank you for being here today. It means a lot that you're here. I appreciate you. The older I get, uh, the more I just have extreme gratitude. I never thought I'd live to see 50 uh, let al- I, you know, I never thought I'd live to see 32, let alone 50. Honestly, as a, young, as a young man, I thought, well, I'll either be dead by 32 or in prison. And so every day, every day past that is a gift of God to me. Every, you know, and, and I know what I've been forgiven of. Like, listen to me, man. I wasn't always saved, so I know what I've been forgiven of. And, and man... I got to tell you, I look in the mirror every day and I'm absolutely astounded at what God will do with a heart that just says, okay, God, let's do it. Okay, God, let's do it. Okay, God. You know, you'd be amazed at what you could accomplish if you just say got back to God. All right, God, I'll do it. I'll do it. And I couldn't imagine. Some days I look out and I'll see some people there's some folks here today. I look out and I, you know, you know me from way back when, you know. You, way back when, you, you know. And, and I look back and I go, man, uh, I hope they know that I'm not the same guy. That I've been born again. My life's been redeemed. I've been changed by the power of God. And tomorrow I'm hoping to be changed again by the power of God. I watched yesterday as Barb crawled on top of Tom as he crossed over. And I saw that and I thought, man, that's the stuff right there. 
I watched as his, as his sons and daughters filled the room and we prayed and cried together. And man, I thought, that's the stuff right there. That, that's the good stuff right there. That's, that's, what, that's what we all must strive for, is at the final days of our life, the final seconds of our life, that the room is full of people that are there to pray and watch you cross over into glory. Let's become that family of God for the world. Amen, church? Amen. Thank you for being here today. Take your Bible. Go with me to John 8, 31 to 32. Um, I want to say thank you to my wife. There's so many. Our, my wife is the best. She, uh, she loves me. She loves me the most. I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of it. She's the best person that I know. She is. She's the best person I know. She blessed me. <laughs> I won't tell you what it was, but it was, it was good, man. It was so good. I don't want any of y'all to get mad at me, but it was so good. <laughs> it was new shoes, but anyway, go ahead. John 8, 31. <laughs> Come on, let's pray. We got to get back to being holy again. Come on. Come on. <laughs> let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. That as your word goes... Oh, it goes deep into our hearts, pulls us into your presence, change and transforms us, lifts us and restores us and redeems us, encourages us and heals us. Thank you for the word that enters the dark places and brings light. Thank you that as your word comes into darkness, the lights turn on. I pray for turning on of lights, revelation of the person of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth shall bring to you freedom. So that tells me that unless there be an abiding in the person of Jesus. Remember, I preached the first part of this. Remember, the person of Jesus. You cannot separate the Word of God from the person of God. Everybody say, Jesus is the person of God. If you don't love the Word of God, you can't claim that you love the person of God. You hear me? Jesus said that me and my Word are the same. We are not, you cannot separate. Now, what happens is, as believers, we try, we try to say, or I know the Word. And if all you know is the Word of God and you don't know the person of God, what you will do is you will use the Word of God to benefit you. Because it's easy to misinterpret the Word. You ever have somebody use the Word wrong? You ever, have, you ever hear somebody... Have you ever done that? Where you have used the Word to benefit your argument and your position, and you knew as you were doing it, so I'm putting ourselves in this, we, as we were doing it, we knew that it wasn't in the spirit of Jesus. If I send you a text message, it's easy to translate and interpret that text message wrongly. You ever have somebody text you something and you look at that thing that they sent you, the words they sent you, and you look at those words and you say, no, 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 she did not. She did not just say that that way to me. And how many know that words, words, words aren't felt. Words are read. It's the person that's felt. You can misinterpret my text. So it's very easily to separate the Word of God from the person of God. And whenever we separate the word from the person, we run the risk of hurting somebody, of hurting ourselves. But how many know, if I sit down at a table with you, and we have a conversation, and you can see my face, and you can feel my, you, then you, you feel my person, it's hard to misinterpret. The person of Jesus. So we must, we must never use 
the Word as a substitute for the person of Jesus. And he said, if you abide in my Word, then my Word, then, you will bring truth to your life. And that truth that my Word brings to you, my Word, my, pers- my presence... My presence will bring truth and revelation to you. And as my presence brings truth and revelation to you, that truth and revelation will bring to your life freedom. A lot of people desire freedom without truth. We've got an entire world today out here protesting for what they believe is the truth. I'm sorry to tell you. I don't care how passionately you believe in a lie. It will never lead to freedom. Only the truth leads you to freedom. So it doesn't matter how passionate you believe in the deception. Deception will then lead to bondage. So if truth leads to freedom, then lies lead to bondage. And we ask, how come I can't quit? How how come I can't quit? How come I can't quit? How come I can't quit? How come I can't quit looking at it? How come I can't quit feeling angry and bitter inside? Why am I so uh, uh, full of of rage and offense. Why? When will it all go away? You you will never know freedom outside of the habitation of the person in the presence of Jesus. So if you want freedom in your life, you want to be free from the addiction, then you must make the presence of Jesus more of a reality than this world. So, because the world is under the sway of the deception and the lies of the enemy. And the deception and lies of the enemy out here will lead to bondage. And if you're not careful, you'll start making a case for your own bondage. And you'll use the Word of God to do it. You'll build a a case for ideologies of this world that puts you in prison unless you choose to get into the presence and the person of Jesus and remain there. Stay there. How do you get free? You stay in. You don't visit Jesus on Sundays. You see, we want freedom from one visit. They'll bring me their kids and they'll say, pray for my my son or my daughter. They're going through this thing. And and they'll visit one time. And they'll they'll want freedom from one visit. Now I'm telling you that you can't get free visiting Jesus. You must abide in Jesus. If you want to be free and stay free, for whom the sun sets free is Yeah, if you want free indeed life, then you must have a habitation of the person of Jesus. This, Jesus must be more of a reality to your heart and your existence than this world is. So most of your time must be spent here, inside of Jesus. And you try not to come out, but listen, I want you to know, as hard as you try, the devil has one goal. The devil has one goal. Daniel. Go go get in Jesus. His one goal is this. To pull you out and keep you out. And he he will try as hard as he can. He'll knock with some stuff. Trouble will come knocking. He'll block the peephole. Can't see. Poke your head out here. Oh, now he's got you. If he could just get you to come out a little bit. And you know what we do. No, no, keep doing that. Yeah, yeah, put your head. Yeah. 
That's what we do right there. That's what we do. The first thing to come out is our minds. The first thing that comes out of the presence and the person of Jesus is our intellect, our reason, our rationality, uh, the fear of what we know, of where we be, what we've known in our past, all of it. He deals, he's right here in your mind. He's right here in your mind. And once he gets your mind, he'll put his hands on all of you and he will pull you out of the person of Jesus. That's his goal. To pull you out and to keep you out. Now you stay right there. I want to read you a scripture and I want you to see something here. It's found in Matthew 12, 43 to 45. Put it on screens. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest. And he finds none. And then he says, I'm going to go back to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty and put in order. Oh, there's so much here that's so good. So then what we can, what we can imply then is that when our lives are, are dirty and in chaos, there's, there's, there's the demon activity. I'm, listen to me. If, if, Daniel, come here. Daniel and Daniel. Now, now I, this isn't who you are, okay, so don't, don't personify. Okay. Now, you was out. You, 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 uh, you, you saw something, did something, went to a party. And when you went there, uh, something got on you. Something got on you, man. And... And you cried out to Jesus. You came to church and you cried out to Jesus. Cry out to Jesus. 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 And when you cried out to Jesus, you went into Jesus. Oh, Dan, you, gotta, you let go too easy. Hold on, demon. And when, when you went in, when you cried out and you went into Jesus, the demon can't go. The demon can't go. When you cry out and, and you go back in, Demons can't go with you. But what this tells us is that when you're clean now, when you're clean, when you get back in, right, and now you're clean, you're free of the demon activity, you're free of the harassment of the enemy. Now this, 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 you're not a demon, okay? Not, you're not, not a demon. Then you, he said, I know, I know, bro, I know. And so he, what he does is he goes looking around. You go look for somebody to attach yourself to. Now, all these folks are saved, and they're already in Jesus. You can't even see anybody out here. So you run around looking for somebody to get, but you can't find nobody because everybody in here is already in Jesus. They're, they're untouchable. Tell, tell the enemy, I'm untouchable. I'm untouchable. You can't touch me. You know, the, 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 you know like... What's his name? Dude, you can't touch this. Nah, nah. Can't touch me. What's his name? Hammer. Hammer. MC Hammer. Yeah. Yeah, I was, that was, that was the jam back. I didn't like it. Hey, you're not done, demon. Come here. So he comes back. He comes back. And what he does when he comes back is he brings seven to ten other friends with him. Give me seven to ten people. Come up here. Hurry, seven to ten, seven to ten, seven to ten, seven to ten. Hurry, hurry up. He doesn't. When he comes back, he comes back with his homies. He comes back with his boys. And all of his boys, give me half over here, half over here. All of his boys, all of his boys are waiting. All of his boys are waiting here. And he said... Uh-uh. Church service goes by, doing good, reading his Bible, praying, locked in the Jesus, locked in the Jesus. Somebody says something dumb. You know, somebody says something. People, we say dumb stuff. We all say dumb stuff. We said something we didn't mean, right? So somebody says something that they didn't mean. Poke your head out. He pokes his head out. He, he, the enemy will get in your mind. He'll get in there. Did he really say what he... Man, I knew these people were phony. And then this devil comes over 
grabs him by the head, both hands, and you pull him out of Jesus. He pulls him out. Now, when he pulls him out, he pulls him all the way out. And what these boys do, nope, these boys, you know what they do? They stand in front. You guys stand in front of Jesus. Don't step on the word, though. That's, you know. <laughs> Put that over. I don't want you to get in trouble, you know. He says, the demon comes back, and, and, he, and he dwells there. And he doesn't just come back. Now, here's what I want you to know. Every time you come out of Jesus, it becomes exponentially harder to get back in. The temptation becomes even more intense. The lust becomes even more unquenchable. The desire becomes even more. And suddenly you're like, I got to get back. I got to get back to Jesus. But now you have hordes of hell that won't let you back in. Now you got hordes of hell. I need him to be good. He didn't. They say, you can have my hat. You can have my hat. But you can't have me, baby. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. So what I want you to see is he has one goal, to pull you out. And he'll use your logic, your mind. Why it is so important for the believer to remain in Christ. And no matter what, I don't care what tactics he uses. I don't care what words he uses. Don't answer the knock. Come on, write that down. I'm not answering the knock of hell on my door. I refuse to come out of Jesus. I refuse to allow the enemy to pull my mind. The Bible says you have the mind of Christ. But I want you to know he has one goal. That's to pull you out, and that's to keep you out. Jesus was tempted So I'm going to show you these three ways the enemy will use to tempt you. He'll tempt you to come out. Matthew 4, verses 3 to 4. Matthew 4, verses 3 to 4. These are the three ways the enemy will tempt you. Can you put that up there for me? Matthew 4, verses 3 to 4. I don't have them, so I need you to get them. says, now when a tempter came to him, this is, how, this is how the enemy, this is how the enemy tried to tempt Jesus to come out of the Father's will, to come out of the providence of, of the Father. This is the trick of the enemy to try to compel you and entice you to come out. These, these are the three ways. He says, now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the Son of God, then... Command these stones to become bread. Now remember, he had, he had been in the wilderness for 40, 40 days, and he's hungry. And he answered, it's written, you shall, you shall not, right? You shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from... So, what, so how will the enemy come to you and try to entice you to come out of Jesus? By your physical appetites. He will appeal to your base nature your carnal desire. And what's, what's really important, and here's what I want you to, to write down. Pay attention when you are empty. Pay close attention when your soul has run dry. When you ain't got nothing more to give, and you've given, and you've given, and you're emotionally spent, you're soulically spent, you, you, you got nothing, you're empty. Pay attention, take caution. Take caution when you are tired. Take caution when you are hungry. Take caution when you are... You want some, some physical attention. Take caution. Because that's when the tempter will come. Now, he does not know your mind. The enemy cannot read your mind. But what he does know is your history. 
He's in your browser history, man. He studies it. He studies your browser history. He's looking at your tendency. He's like, I, I watch Kyle, and I know that what Kyle does when Kyle gets tired and he, get, he gets real irritable and wants to, you know, run people off the road. So what he'll do is, how did, now ask yourself, how, how do I behave when I get tired? How do I behave when I get empty? Men, I want you, I want to warn you now. I want to warn you that the pretty girl's gonna come when you are empty and you are longing and you got trouble at home. That's when she's going to come and she's going to, uh, she's gonna tempt you to come out of the presence of God and she's gonna appeal to entice you be removed from the presence of God. And it's all a setup, man. It's all a setup. Why? Just trying to get you out. Just poke your head out. Just poke your head out. Hey, look at this bread. It's good bread. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't Olive Garden breadsticks. It was the good stuff. It was, that, it was them biscuits from Red Lobster. <laughs> Little bits of cheese in there. There's something some in them biscuits, man. Or them ones from that Texas place that, that got cinnamon sugar on them or something. What? It's all warm in there. And you're hungry. And he catches and brings you one of them biscuits, man. He's like, I'm hungry. And what he'll do is he'll tempt you. You know, he'll tempt you. He'll, he'll be like, aren't you hungry? And you're like, no, I'm not hungry. But then the aroma comes. And you can smell them. I was cooking bacon the other day. And my son, Mossy, he walked in the house. I was upstairs. And, and bacon had been cooked for like four hours because bacon just stays there. You know what I mean? And he said, oh, I want some bacon. <laughs> That's what the enemy will do to you. Right when you're weakest, right when you're weakest, he will, he will attempt to pull you out. <laughs> pull you out of the presence of Jesus. And it's coming. He's going to do it through your physical appetites. He's going to say to you, you deserve, you deserve a donut, Troy. You're 50. Eat a donut. He'll say, I mean, he will, have been, and God knows I love a donut. And so I will say, I've been good, God. Oh, low all these many years. I deserve, I deserve to taste just a little bit. You deserve to feel better. You should compromise, Lana. You should compromise. You should lower your standard. You know, you don't deserve to feel lonely at night. You should just go ahead and compromise. Because, you know, ain't no sense you feeling this way all the time. God didn't want you to feel this way. And he'll say, live by how you feel. Live by how you feel. Well, I don't feel that's what's happening over there to the, in Palestine is right. I don't care what you feel. And some of y'all, like, look, I don't care what you feel. I know what this word says. I know what the Word says. And the Word, the Word, the Word don't care how you feel. The Word's trying to keep you alive. The Word's trying to keep you in Jesus. The Word's trying to bless you. The Word's trying to preserve you. The Word's trying to keep you holy. The Word's trying to sanctify you. The Word's trying to give you favor. The Word's trying to bless your life. But you want to talk about how you feel. That's the trick of the enemy. Pull you out. Once he gets your head out, then he starts messing with your heart. Oh, how you feel. Everybody feels a certain way. I just got news for you. When you get to, those, when you get to that place and you just you and Jesus talking, he ain't going to hear nothing about what you felt. He don't care about what you feel. 
He knows what the truth is. And he's like, listen, this was the truth. Your feelings will lie to you. Come on, tell somebody. Your feelings will lie to you. The the word of God will never fail. Heaven and earth will pass away. But the word of the living God stands forever. The word of God will preserve you. It will save you. It will reach down in the pits of hell and drag you out of despair. It will lift you from depression. It will take addiction off your life. The word of God. The Lord. Not what you feel. Not your physical appetites. So that's the first way. Second way, he will pull you out and try to keep you out, is found in Matthew 4, verses 5 to 7. He will cause you, this is what he'll do. He'll cause you, look what he said. He answered, he said, it's written, man, no, 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 next one. There you go. Then the devil took him. He took him up on on the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said, if you are the son, if you are his son, and he loves you so much, Dan. You think think you're so special. (laughs) God loves you so much. I tell you what, Dan. If God loves you and you're his son... Here's what y'all want you to do. I want you to throw yourself off this ledge. If he loves you, hey, if he loves you, he'll give his angels charge over you. If he loves you. And this is what Jesus said. You got it? Take me there, verse 7. He said, no, it's written again. You don't tempt the Lord your God. No, no. No, you, I, I, don't need to, I don't need to tempt God. I don't need to tempt God. You know how he'll pull you out? The second way he'll try to pull you out? If God loved you, you wouldn't be going through this. If God loved you, she wouldn't have died. God loved you. If your father really loved you, if you was really that special. If God loved you, you wouldn't be going through this. You wouldn't feel so isolated and stepped over and kicked down. You wouldn't, those people, if those people, those people who love God, if those people who love God loved you, they wouldn't treat you that way. You should be mad. You should be, you know what? As a matter of fact, you should become bitter and cynical. And you should, you have a right to be offended. Because of what they did and how they, or because of what they didn't do or what you thought they should have done and what God should have done and what God didn't do. If God really loved you, Obi, he wouldn't let that happen to you. But the fact is you're not really his son and God don't love you anyway. And that, he does love you, son. You know that. It's hard for me to say those words, you know. But that's a lie. And you know what he'll do. You know what? He'll start telling you that mess. He'll knock on the door. God don't love you. You know what? If God loved you and you were really in Jesus, why would you be going through this? Why would, why would your father have died? He asked for five more years. Why would, why would it have happened that way? If God really loved you, and then you'll, you'll be like, man, you got a point. You start entertaining the lie. You take a step out. You entertain some more of the lie. And you're like, yeah, man. Yeah, that's true. I've been going through hell since I, since I said I gave my, my, my heart to Jesus. I've been going through it like, you know, he must not love me. He must not. You know what? Forget those people and forget that God. And then you know what happens? You know what happens then? That cynicism, that root of bitterness... It gets down on the inside of you. Suddenly, it becomes contagious. It's contagious. And it gets on a generation. And they, they hear the gossip at home. They hear the spewing of the words. They hear the cynicism and the negativity. They hear the offense that you carry deep down in there. And they start drinking the same poison, man. And now the demons are just having a party in your house, man. They're just, they got confetti all over the floor. They're just like, yeah, man. Play that funky music, white boy. Yeah. And that's what they do. Pull you out. 
You know it's really hard to get bitterness and offense off of people. It's so difficult. Jesus said, if you, this, this is, I think this is why Jesus said this. If you don't forgive them, my Father won't forgive you. Now listen to me. I want you to know that forgiveness starts somewhere. It, it may not happen all in one day, but you got to start to forgive. You must start, forgiveness is a process. I mean, there were, there were years that I thought I had forgiven somebody, but then only to show up and still be angry at somebody. You ever have that happen? No, no, I bless them, Lord, I bless them. And then they show up and you're like, I can't stand them. I can't stand them, I want to punch them in the throat. Yeah, you got that. You know what that is? You're in the process of forgiveness. Now you can't. Now what happens is you got to ask Jesus complete. He said, finish the work. He will not. He is faithful and just to complete the work he started in you. What? But you got to stay inside. Don't come out. Don't come out when he comes knocking the next time. Don't come out when the offense comes, the circumstance. Don't come out. Just keep blessing them. Just keep blessing. Just say, God, just like the the father said, help my unbelief. Help me. Help me to forgive. Help me, God. This is how he will. He'll bring you out and make you bitter and cynical. And the last one he'll use. Everybody say this. Same devil, same tricks. Just a different age. Just a different age. Same devil, same tricks, just a different age. If he tried to tempt Jesus in this way, this is how he's going to tempt you. So he says in Matthew 4, verses 8 to 10. Matthew 4, verses 8 to 10. You can kind of predict where I'm going now. The devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you will but fall down and worship me. Never before in the history of mankind have we ever seen such idolatry and satanic worship. Never. And all for what? All for what? I want you, I'm going to say this and I want you to like feel this. Anytime you and I attempt to manipulate somebody, it's satanic worship. It's witchcraft. And what, what was the last way the enemy tried to hijack the will of God for Jesus' life? The Father had a will. And how did he try? He said, I will offer you control and power. You you know what? You should be the one calling the shots, Nick. You, you know what? You, you don't need them. You don't need, you don't need to be under authority. You should be the ultimate authority. Why? Because you know, just like me, you know, hey, for the sake of time, everybody just follow me. Everybody feel that way? A lot of men feel that way. Hey, you know what? For the sake of time, and money, resources, everybody just follow me. We're just going to do it this way. And that's, the tempt- that's, that's how the enemy will tempt you. He'll tempt you with authority and power. Control. Don't trust God. Do it your way. Go over there, put your fish sticks around his neck and choke him out. Your fish sticks are your fingers. That's, that's a little bit of Lorraine Hood. <laughs> Campito, this Campito. Yeah. yeah. So what he'll do is he'll tempt you with power and authority. And, and understand that when, when you operate in authority, when you subvert the authority of the Father over your life, and you won't su- submit to the authority of the Father, you and I operate in satanic worship. Why is the world the way it is right now? Hollywood's just overt with it now. 
that all they care about is control. Politics is drunk with it right now. All they care about is control. And how do they do it? How do they do it? They just, they just convince you and I. You know what? Just, you know, you should do this because, you know, you deserve this. You should be in control of your life. Nobody should be. Nobody. Who do you think, who does that pastor think he is? I see, I see this meme going around, this, like, this video, like, oh, you know, I was set free because I learned that, that the pastor has no authority in the Bible. I thought, Jesus is a good shepherd. What are you talking about? He had all authority. The Bible gave all authority to his church. None of us want to be under authority. We want to be in power. I want to be the one calling the shots. I got, I got news for you. Listen, every day I'm like, man, let me let go of this. I, I don't, I, I'm just, man, I got better stuff to do than handle all of this nonsense. To, you know, the bills, this and the, you know that carpet out there wasn't supposed to be that carpet out there. You know that that carpet was supposed to be linoleum or whatever that floor is that's smooth. It wasn't supposed to be carpet. Do you know? Like, and, then, and they're like, well, I thought that was that. And then, and then whose fault is it? Well, Troy, what happened? I don't know what happened. I thought we ordered the floor from the bathroom that was supposed to be there. You know, you know the, person in, the person in charge. You know, everybody wants to be the person. I want to be the, char- the person in charge. You ever show up at something and, and there are way too many chiefs and not enough Indians? And everybody trying to big boss somebody else around. I'm the one calling the shots around here. And I'm like, I love when I get to those places and like, I'm just like, yeah, cool. Whatever you say, let's just do whatever, you know what I mean? How about we do this? How about as the church of God, we do this? How about we just, we just find out what Jesus wants to do, and we all fall under the authority of what Jesus wants to do, and none of us have to be in control, because none of us are in control anyway. Power is an illusion. It's a delusion. It's the power delusion that the enemy sells us. You should, but he will. He will. He'll cause us to be drunk with it. So what do you do? One more time. Give me all my, my actors back up here. One more time. All my actors back up here. In your place. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, there you go, Jesus. Let's go to. So what do you do? All the demons there. Yeah, yeah. And you're trying to get back in. Give me that picture on the, on the screens. You're trying to get back in, but you're the, you're the head demon. And you say no, right? Don't, don't take it easy, Dan. This isn't a real. This isn't real. Okay. My man, no, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, just, just letting the devil know. If I wanted to, I could get in. Here, here's here's what it, here's what we say. I think this image is so powerful. It's such a powerful image. Luke 15:4 tells us. It says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, it's easy to get lost today. It's easy to get confused and wander off and not know. You know sheep don't know when they're lost? Sheep don't know they're lost. And, and the thing about sheep is, like, when one sheep goes, they all follow them. Where are you going? Oh, we're going to go over here. You know? And the next thing you know, we're so far away. We get so far away. and We never intended to be. We never meant to get that far away. It says, you know, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, this is what Jesus will do. He'll leave those who are safe that are in him. And he'll go, he'll go find the one. I'm the one. He found me. I didn't find him. You're the one. You didn't find him, man. We like to say, I found Jesus. No, he wasn't hiding behind the couch. He wasn't in the closet. You know, he found you. He found me. He found me drunk. He found me wild. He found me angry. 
He found me broken. He found me lost. He found me, though. He found me. And I tell you what brings them to you. When a sheep gets lost, they'll start bleeding. You ever hear a sheep bleed? They'll start bleeding. That word bleeding, it actually means wailing of God's children. When, when a sheep begins to bleed, give me a little bath. Give me a bath. 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 I posted this thing the other day. How's ministry going? Bath. But when you when you call out his name, call out his name. That's the bleeding of God's sheep. The wailing of God's children. This is how we call out to Jesus. We just say, Jesus. Because I want you to know you'll never be. Dan did a great job. He did a great job getting past all of these guys. He's strong. I mean, I want you to know you're really strong. But none of us are strong enough to save ourselves. If you're here today, you're watching online, I want you to know you, you're not strong enough to quit drinking. You're not strong enough to quit doing. You're not strong enough to save yourself. You needed a Savior. You need a Savior, and you need a God-man Savior. You need the Son of Man. You need the King of Glory. You don't just need any Savior. You need the one who hangs the earth upon nothing. You and I need a Savior. And when we're lost, all we have to do is cry out His name. Cry out His name. Cry out his name. And as you cry out his name, keep crying out his name. You're bleeding. You're bleeding. Keep, call, keep calling out his name. No, you stay there. You stay over there. You go down there. You keep crying out. You keep crying out. You just keep calling Jesus. And he comes. And he rescues. And he brings you back. And he protects you. Thank you, guys. And that is what we need when you find yourself on the outside. Let us learn to cry out to Jesus. Stand your feet as we close today. And I just want to end with us just crying out the name of Jesus over and over again. I cry out Jesus over my family. Come on, just right there where you are. Just say his name. Jesus over my city. Jesus over my marriage. Jesus over this, over this nation. Jesus over Washington. Jesus, we cry out. Jesus, come and rescue Jesus. Come and save Jesus. Come and deliver Jesus. Come and restore Jesus. Jesus, we cry out, Jesus. The wailing of your sons and your daughters. Your sons and your daughters. Far from home, we cry out your name, Jesus. If you're far from home today, I invite you, whether you're watching or whether you're here, just to lift your hand and say his name. Jesus. Just the whisper of His name causes demons to tremble and flee. We cry out, Jesus. Jesus, heal. Jesus, make alive. We thank You that You make our minds whole. You give us Your mind, Your thoughts. We thank You, Lord. Your presence is so satisfying. You are the bread of life. You're better than any donut, any bread, any, any cheesy bread from, from Red Lobster. You're better, Jesus. You satisfy deeply. <laughs> oh, Jesus, we cry out to you. We cry out to you, Jesus, and we thank you. That you heal all bitterness and offense. Come on, just say, I forgive. Say, I don't want power. I don't want it, God. I don't want to be in control. You take control. 
You take it, God. You, you drive my truck. You drive my car. You drive my life. I give you all control. You take care of these kids. You, you, you deal with my husband and my wife. You deal with them, God. You deal with them. You deal with that situation, God. I give you control. Convict their hearts. I forgive them, God. I forgive them. I trust you. You are just. Your justice is perfect. Bless your people today, God. Because that didn't want to stay on. Bless your people today, God. You're here today, never given your heart to Christ. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me my sin. Come into my heart. Make me brand new. I give my life to you. I forgive them, God. Take this life now. Make a difference with it to this world. Not my glory, but yours. Yours alone. Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Thank you for being here today. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. God bless you as you go.